Hello, everyone. My name is Kayla Griswold. I'm sorry, in the pamphlets, we switched around the sermons a little bit, so I'm not Rebecca Grafton. I'm Kayla Griswold. I'm a senior at Germantown Academy, and I will be heading off to Wake Forest University this coming fall, and I'm currently interested in majoring in psychology. I'm honored to be speaking in front of all of you today, but I'm a bit nervous, so please bear with me. We don't play the major role. This is a quote from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the message from today. I began thinking about this verse a lot because I've been a dancer since the age of three. I started my career with the Philadelphia Dance Theater and have been with them ever since. As a dancer, you are constantly striving to get the highest role and have a perfect performance on stage. In eighth grade, I was Clara. To me, this was a huge deal. But as Ephesians states, we can't play the major role. And I now understand that even the little elves in the Nutcracker play an important role. Without them, there's no magic. And everyone in the show does his or her part to bring the performance together as a whole. Ephesians states, if we did play the major role, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. I was a part of several cores within the ballet, just like the church is the body of Christ. It teaches us that we all have different gifts to share, and the fact that all of us are different in our own way is what makes us come together to form the body of Christ. But the power comes in supporting each other. My freshman year, the year after I was Clara, I had a bad injury tearing my piriformis muscle in my hip. During this time period, I had a Sabbath, if you will. I had to take six months off from dance to recover and endure physical therapy. But as the Bible teaches us, this time of Sabbath, you are able to fine-tune and appreciate your gifts that much more. You become aware of things that you overlooked before. After I was injured and began to back, get, back into the thing, get back into things, my trajectory of improvement began to slow down as I was constantly in pain. As I started to fall behind where I wanted to be, I didn't get any lead roles like Snow Queen or the Sugar Plum Fairy that I had anticipated performing for my whole life. But things happen for a reason, and I'm a firm believer in that. I learned more by not being the lead. Being a part of the core is just like being a follower of Jesus. You practice with others, you are in step with Jesus, and take leaps of faith. This injury, what I saw as a setback at the time, allowed me to gain a new vision of how to use my gifts. I hope that all of you have heard of the song, I Hope You Dance, by the amazing Leanne Womack. Well, when I was going back and looking at the lyrics to the song, she made me realize something. One line she says is, give the heavens above more than just a passing glance, and when you get the choice to sit at our dance. And another quote is, promise me that you'll give faith a fighting chance, and when you get the choice to sit at our dance, dance, I hope you dance. So, Miss Womack brings the idea of faith and heaven and challenges us to choose the option to dance. Doing the dance of Christianity can be carried out in many different ways, and I didn't realize that until the middle of my sophomore year. I was back dancing, but I knew at this point that I definitely did not want to dance for a career. Personally, the dance world is very cutthroat, and dancing to me was always an escape and means to be happy, so I didn't want that to change. Also, my body had started to fail me at the age of 15 due to my hyperflexed in most all of my joints, so I didn't want to find out the repercussions later down the road with continuous intensive dancing. I'm trained in classical ballet, so I do believe that has played, played a huge part in the role I am today. It is very disciplined and structured, and I've always been known as the ballerina at my school. 
Towards the middle of my sophomore year, however, it was a weird stage where school and dance just weren't doing it for me. So I needed something else to motivate me to get out of bed in the morning because I am not a morning person. I've always been involved with community service, so I decided to take something I loved, being ballet, and you find a way to use that to benefit the community. Long story short, I began a program I like to call K-Ballet, like Kayla Ballet, when I teach every first Sunday of the month at Silver Springs Martin Luther Day School, which is a local orphanage. In the book of Exodus, chapter 15, verse 20, Miriam, the sister of Aaron, was a prophet, so she took her tambourine and led the other women out to play tambourines and to dance. She led them to the promised land, and they crossed the Red Sea. Now, I'm not trying to equate myself to Miriam at all, but I want to point out the fact that dancing is how they crossed over to the promised land, and dance allowed me to help these kids turn their sad days into happy and fun ones. I'm going to set the scene and describe my first day. We were all in the cafeteria, using the windowsill as our bar. And we were halfway through our combination when a little girl came down in a blue robe and her slippers with a pale face and looked very distressed. And she began yelling at Adrian, the recreational director, saying, I can't sit in my room all day. What am I supposed to do, stare at the wall? The fun activities on Sundays are the children's reward for behaving that week. So because Mia did not behave the week prior to my first class, she was forced to stay in her room. But after she began to settle down, she, her eyes were drawn to my class, and she kind of watched silently. After that first day, Mia was there for every single class I taught. She was the only one that had never missed a class. I had staff telling me that she was behaving better so that she was allowed to come to my ballet class. Psalm chapter 30, verse 11. You have turned for me my morning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Mia had come out of her bedroom that first day as a child who was distraught and upset. She used ballet as her vehicle to become happy and passionate. Mia would stand by my side during class, helping to demonstrate a combination or ask a meaningful question, and as soon she became my little ballet prodigy. Halfway through the year, my mom woke me up really early one morning because she said, I had to show you something. Scared about what has happened, I came downstairs and she told me to play the news that she had paused for me. So I played it, and it was a program called Wednesday's Child, in which Mia, my little Mia, was featured, showing that she was in search of a family. Now, Mia's not the most open child when it comes to her feelings and aspirations, so during the video she didn't say much besides that she loved animals and that she was in search for her forever family. This was the first God moment I experienced with Mia. I knew that God had put this little girl in my life for a reason, to teach me some sort of lesson. Also, she solved my issue of needing something to motivate me to wake up in the morning because at the time my mother showed me this newscast, it was around 6.20 a.m., and as soon as I saw her face on TV, I was wide awake. To me, Mia became my forever sister. Sure, teaching ballet to my kids is so much fun, and I love it, but my favorite part is just sitting with them afterwards and talking while we eat the snack that my mom and grandmother Joyce so generously bake. If I were to come to Silver Springs and just sat down and talked with them, we would now have nowhere near as close of a bond as we do now because dance gave me the opportunity to bond and connect with them through something that was fun and relaxing to explore. I helped them along the way, and I gained their trust. Last year, my students began to be adopted or returned to their families. So I started a tradition that when you have your last class with me, 
I let you hold on to your ballet shoes, just like these, and keep them so that if you ever feel the need to dance, that you have the ability to do so. I usually take their shoes home with me after each class so that they don't lose them or forget to bring them, so they were so excited that they thought that they get to take home their own ballet shoes and keep them forever. Towards the end of the year, a woman told me that Mia was going to be adopted. I cannot describe the immense happiness I felt when I heard this, but also somewhat selfish sadness that I would soon be having my last class with her. When that day came, I went up to Mia and I said, here are your ballet shoes, and I told her I was so proud of her and that she would ever be like a little sister for me. She gave me a huge hug and said, thank you for everything. I promise I will come visit. This was my second God moment I felt with Mia, to have people tell me that she was behaving better because of my little ballet class was honestly unbelievable. I just expected to go in there, teach some ballet, share some laughs, but I came out of this experience knowing that I want to work with children just like Mia. I'm sure some of you are familiar with the song, Lord of the Dance. Well, the Lord led me, and as I've learned through all of this, I am not the main role. Obviously, the Lord is the Lord of the Dance, and this dance gave Mia the hope that she had needed. The shoes I gave her allowed her to stay connected to the Lord of the Dance, where the rhythm was born, where the positions were formed, and where the dance was created. I'll end with the final stanza of the song. Dance, dance, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. And I lead you all wherever you may be. And I lead you all in the dance, said he. Amen.